We are drawing to the close in our series. We've got one more little installment next week, which I want to kind of bring everything together with some very practical next steps. But today I want to take a look at the, the last um, habit or, or discipline or principle that I believe is going to help us to actually create and maintain healthy, appropriate margin in our lives. We're wanting to create space for what matters most. So we're not trying to feed laziness. We're not trying to feed apathy. We're not talking about navel-gazing. We're talking about living a healthy life where we, where we give hard and we work hard and we love hard, but where we also leave enough margin that we can live with a kind of rhythm that actually allows for breathing room and actually allows for God to do the work that he's trying to do in us. No gardener is ever going to compact the soil to where a seed cannot actually take root and to where water cannot enter and to where fertilizer and whatever, I don't know anything about gardening, but, but where, wherever other stuff needs to, like it needs space for the actual growth to take place. That's what we're talking about when we, when we talk about margin. And so we've looked at a couple of principles like slowing, simplicity. Last week we looked at solitude. And today I want to talk about what I think is maybe one of the most grossly misunderstood uh, principles, if you want to call it that, in the Western evangelical church. And that is the concept of Sabbath. Now, there's, there are a whole bunch of reasons why we have um, perhaps misunderstandings about what Sabbath is. Maybe you grew up uh, in, a, in an era or in a church where Sabbath was about everything that you cannot do, and it was the most boring, painful you know, day of your week that was forced upon you. Maybe you thought there was everything about, about what I can't and shan't and shouldn't and, and wouldn't, and, and where it actually feels, if anything, like a life-sapping concept as opposed to the as opposed to an incredible gracious gift from God where he's telling us that you are not a slave you are a son you are a daughter you don't have to work 24/7 you don't have to produce and perform and prove and please constantly and so I want to I want to kind of just just scratch the surface a little bit. There are some great books that have been written about this. If you if you're interested, come to me afterwards. I'll, I'll give you a couple of suggestions. Every every topic that we've spoken about in this series, in my opinion, could be a whole series. So I, I know that we're just scratching the surface. So if you're getting a little bit frustrated with the fact that we're doing the thirty thousand foot view. Welcome to my world. I'll spend 40 hours reading, studying, preparing, and trying to get it down into a 30 or 35-minute message. Anyway, Deuteronomy 5 verse 15 is the second time that Moses is is kind of reminding the Israelites of the law after they've been... uh, rescued from Egypt. So, so first we read about this in, in the book of Exodus, then they really screw things up and just rebel against God. So 40 years later, a whole new generation is about to enter into the promised land. And so Moses is, is reminding them of this uh, commandment, which by the way, if you go and read, especially in, in Exodus 20, it's the, long, it's the commandment with the, of the 10 commandments, you know, the 10 commandments, it's the commandment with the, with the, with the greatest amount of detail to it. So, so Moses is reminding them of God's heart behind this. And in Deuteronomy 5.15, he says, Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt. But the Lord your God brought you out with his strong hand and powerful arm. That is why the Lord has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. Now, there are more reasons, which I'll touch on in a moment, but one of them, and one that I still believe is maybe more relevant in the 21st century than maybe ever before, I don't know, is just to, to push back against this, this very, very deeply ingrained subconscious, we're not conscious about it, but this deeply ingrained subconscious thought that you're a machine, that you're a slave, 
that you have to keep producing. And I'm not just talking about paid work, I mean unpaid work. Like you have to keep finding your worth. You have to keep proving your worth. You have to feel productive. You have to feel like you're performing in some way, like you're pleasing people in some way. And, and I think that God was trying to, in fact, I think he was so serious about this that he's like, he put all kinds of rules around it. Like, no, no, no. You know, like a parent's like, watch my lips. No, no working, no. Like, I think it was such a challenge to get that slave mentality out of the Israelites. Isn't it a good thing we don't have that problem anymore? Imagine a slave, so, so we've, we've got more people in like literal slavery today around the world still than at any other point in the history of the world, just by the way. I, I hear different reports, but I know one of them is at least 27 million people that are still in modern day slavery today. Imagine someone that has been born into and brought up in slavery, where all you're good for is what you can produce. And somehow, maybe in your 20s, you are rescued from the slavery. So, so you're a child that, that, that's maybe been forced to, 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 to perform manual labor in, in an Indian farm somewhere. And, and, and through the international justice mission, you've been rescued and you've been placed into a home where slowly but surely people around you are trying to show you love and trying to show you that you're more than just a machine. And imagine, and imagine that person being told, no, you don't have to work every day. No, you don't have to work 12 hours a day. No, you don't, no you're worth more than that. And no, no, you, you're valuable before you do anything, before you perform, before you produce. Can, can, can you understand how much of a paradigm shift that is, how much of a challenge that is for a person that has been brought up in slavery? I want to suggest that even though it might not be as tangible for some of us, I do think that this is a very, very real challenge in the 21st century. Maybe some of you can remember back to when you were teenagers or some of you are teenagers. Can you imagine your parents saying to you one day a week, no, you are not allowed to do chores. You're not allowed to do homework. You, you, the only thing you're allowed to do is receive love, give love, have fun, be energized, be refreshed. Can anyone imagine that? I couldn't. I've, I've, as, a, as, a, as a kid, as a teenager, I felt this, this pressure, this compulsion to do homework, to make sure. I, I remember having this one friend who like, wouldn't do anything on a, like he would never touch homework on a, on a Saturday. This was, this was in high school. And I was like, how do you, okay, I mean, he probably didn't do that great either, but so, so that helped my theory of, well, if you want to do better, you've got to work harder. Think about it. My, my theory, and it, and, it, and it was fed constantly, I thought through evidence, was that if I, want to, if I want to do well enough, I have to work seven days a week. And, and I'm telling you that if I were to go back, now, now you, have to, you have to speak to my parents to understand how obsessive I was. How, I mean, this, this was, it was not healthy. I'm telling you, if I were to go back, I would have forced, I would have, I would have tried to find a way to believe that actually God can help me doing six days what I think will take me seven or eight. Because it didn't, it didn't help me to live in a healthy rhythm. It didn't help me to. It didn't help me to 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 remember. I'm a human being before I'm a human doing. I'm 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 a person before I'm a product. I think that God wants. I think that one of the great reasons for this gift is to. And it's a gift. It's not earned. 
So, so the problem for most of us is that you don't take a break for a day when everything's done. Because for most of us, we never feel like everything's done or that everything's done sufficiently. It's, it's not something that we earn. In fact, in fact, the world says work hard enough to earn and deserve a weekend or a day off. God says, no, no, you rest and out of that rest, which is a gift. So before you can earn it, you rest. And then out of that, you overflow into a work of greater productivity and fruitfulness and health. In Exodus chapter 16, verse 29, again, this is, this is Moses speaking to the Israelites. This was the first generation after they have just come out of Egypt. He says, this is God speaking, sorry. Moses is recording, but God speaking. He says, they must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. That is why he gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day. He was referring to manna. So there'll be enough for two days. On the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place. Do not go out to pick up food on the seventh day. Some of you would be, I don't have time to unpack this whole story, but they were in the wilderness. God, God provided miraculously manna from heaven. It was a type of food and they would go out and pick it up every day. But on the sixth day, he gave extra and he said that, that you guys can take this is what's interesting. See, the first, the first five days is like, don't take more than you need. So what do people do? They take more than they need. So it goes rotten. He's like, what part of don't take more than you need? Don't you? By the way, some of us are living with rotten stuff in our lives. That's why Vintage Heaven is going to, because, because actually we have more than we need, but that's a different story, different sermon, different series. But, but on day six, he says, okay, now you can take enough for two days. Not three days, not 20 days. Two days, but what happens? They get up on the seventh day and they're like, where's the manna? And God is trying to teach them a principle that I can do for you in one day, would you think it'll take two days? And I honestly believe that God would say to us today that I can help you do in six days what you think will take seven. In fact, what you think will take eight or nine or 10 days, I can actually help you do in six days. And just on a side note, so that you know, I'm very aware that we have a very mixed audience. We live in a very diverse community. I, 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 in fact, Tammy and I had this conversation roughly a year ago where, where we were just talking about, about people that, that earn so little that like in the natural, intellectually speaking, it does not make sense to only work six days. How do you, like it takes faith to not work on that seventh day. And I'm agreeing. It does take faith. I actually think it takes faith though for everybody. It might just be faith for a different reason. But I'm very, very mindful. I'm very, just like it takes faith to tithe, guys, it does. It doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense, depending on your circumstances, to not work constantly. And I want to remind you that it's a gift. And I think it's one of the ways that God wants to come into our lives by His grace and by His mercy and to show, to show off a little bit. To show some kindness, to show some generosity. I believe that the Sabbath is a 24-hour gift given to us to bless us, to help us to stop, to rest, to delight, and to worship. It helps us to rest from the work beneath the work. So it's not just working. It's, it's resting from the work beneath the work, from that striving, from that needing to perform and produce, from that from that. That, that, that subconscious need to please people, to want to achieve. He's wanting to give us rest from the work beneath the work. He wants to give us rest, I believe, from work, from worry, and even from wanting. Some of you 
old enough to remember when everything was closed on a Sunday. Right now, I'm not saying we have to go back to those days. I'm very grateful for convenience, like too grateful. I like it. Okay. But some of you remember, like, I mean, as a kid, it was like, wow, this is boring. Like everything's closed. And you actually had to plan stuff. Like you actually had to shop accordingly and, and all the rest. So, so even this idea of, can I, can I actually give my, my craving to consume a break as well? Now, some of you are just clever enough to think, but isn't this all restricted to the Old Testament? Well, it's true that it's the one commandment that is not clearly uh, enforced, even though Jesus made reference to it, which I'll show you near the end. It's, it's, it's the one of the Ten Commandments that is not like taught as a law, and it's, and it's not a law. But sleeping eight hours a day is not a law either. That's just wise. Eating every day is, is not a law. It's, it's wise. It's like part of his rhythm. You, it doesn't have to be a, a, a law, I don't think, to, to say that, uh, in, fact, in fact, one author put it this way, he's saying that to, like you can skip the Sabbath, it's not sin. I'm quoting, so I'm not, I would never say this to you. I'm just quoting. He's saying, you can skip the Sabbath, it's not sin, it's stupid. So you see, I'd never say that to you, but, but he doesn't know you, so he can say that, because I know none of you are stupid. He goes on to say that you can eat concrete, it's not sin, it's just dumb. Like, so, so I want to be clear, I'm not, I'm not putting a burden onto anybody. I've, I've actually been trying to, to understand this and to experiment and to practice and to get this right for probably two years. And I've got to tell you, I think I've gotten it right, like in my mind, according to my standard, maybe like once or twice. So, so it's a work in progress. But, but it, I have made a lot of progress. I promise. Like I've made a lot of progress. I'm a better, I'm a better person. So for me, I'm trying to make that a Saturday because Sunday is a little bit of a long day with three services and pre, like working beforehand, in between, after. So, so Sunday is a 12-hour day on average. So that's not my Sabbath. So I'm trying to work from Sunday to Friday and take a, a Saturday where I can just rest from the work, the worry, and the wanting. You don't have to. I just think that you'll be better off for it. I think that you'll have more margin. I think that you will live with breathing room in your life. Or maybe, as I mentioned earlier, maybe you, you think that Sabbath means that you have to stop everything that you enjoy. I want to tell you that if you that if you're hating what you think Sabbath is, then you're not getting it right. I honestly believe that it's life-giving. I believe it is a, a gift. I believe that it's refreshing. I believe that it is a blessing from God again. Maybe you're really clever and you think, okay, fine, I'll stop all the paid work. But like, surely it's like, like, is that the same as my day off to do all my unpaid work? So to do all the, all the washing, all the shopping, all the chores, all the, all the cleaning around the house. Nope. That's not a Sabbath. That's still work. That's still needing to produce and perform. Which is why for many of us, we need to actually have a day off to prepare for that and to pay bills, and to, and to do shopping, and to do all we need to, or you need to, or if you have to work like paid six days a week, you have to somehow find a way, and again, it takes creativity, and we might have to trust God, but you have to find a way to do, to somehow fit all the other unpaid work into the six days, this is my opinion, so that you can t- taste and see that the Lord is good. And I, and I think that for people, all I can tell you is from the stories I've read, from the, peop- from the books I've read, 
people that, that have managed to, to form this rhythm and that have created a, a habit in, where, 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 it goes, where it gets into their bones, like they, they start craving Sabbath because it is so refreshing. It is so life-giving. I've, I've read more than one person referring to it being like Christmas every week. Like it's like a holiday. It's just because, they, because you start figuring out what is life-giving, how do we refresh, rejoice, recalibrate. Genesis 2 verse 2, by the way, was written at the very, very beginning, right? This is, this is an account of God throughout creation. So this was before sin. This was before the law of Moses. And it says that on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he rested from all his work and God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. I want you to pay attention to those two words, blessed and holy. Because it was the day when he, rest, when he rested from all his work of creation. Now, now those two words, blessed and holy. The word blessed comes from the Hebrew word barak, like the president. Okay? So, 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 so there are three instances in Genesis where this word barak is used in Hebrew. So in the original text, which we've then translated into English using the word blessed. And amongst other meanings, one of the meaning of this word barak or blessed is to actually procreate. It is to produce more life. So, for example, God blessed the living creatures, so the animal kingdom, and he said, be fruitful and multiply, or increase in number, fill the earth. Then he blessed the humans, and he said the exact same thing, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth. What he's saying is, have babies, just so you, in case you, and that requires other stuff. Anyway, so he's like, be fruitful, multiply, reproduce. But look at this. Then he blessed the seventh day. Is it possible that there that that within the Sabbath lies the potential for reproduction, for a renewed vision, for a renewed creativity, for a renewed relationship for for is it possible that God's intention when he's saying I I am blessing this day where he's saying that it has the it has the potential to breathe life into you I think so and I think the reason that some of us get so tired and, and, and even burnt out, which by the way, for a lot of us takes a long time. You can take three, four, five, six, seven years to get there and then we want it to be cured with a pull or we want it to be cured with one good holiday. And, and I'm telling you, we cannot ignore the principles of God for years and years and years and then think that one magical day or one magical holiday is gonna, is gonna wipe all of that out. It's gonna take, it's gonna, we, we have sown the wrong seeds so we're reaping a harvest of it. We have to start sowing new seeds next to that old harvest and persevere with it and be patient long enough until it starts to produce a new harvest. I think it has the ability and the potential to produce life. Some of you look way less excited than I feel about the potential (laughs) of Sabbath. I love this. I love this idea. Anyway, and then the word holy... In the Hebrew is the word kadosh. Now, I can't help thinking of Kung Fu Panda. Anyone have seen Kung Fu Panda and Poe where, where he does, I think he does this thing like where he like touches the, the oak's pinky and he's like, but I think he says like kadosh or skadoosh, skadoosh, and like, like everything blows up. Anyway, 
Sorry, that's where my brain goes when I read Kadash. This, this word Kadash is holy. Okay, some of you come back. Sorry, I got you distracted. And, and normally it's a word restricted for God because he's holy, he's perfect, he's set apart. And, and yet he's talking about a day. And, and if you think of, of other religions, you would think that God would make a, a place holy. Like, like Islam would have Mecca, right? Other religions would have a river or other places or temples. God, God, God was actually saying, no, no, I'm making a time. I'm setting apart time. It's special. It's holy. It's, it's blessed. I just think that God has so much more positive stuff in mind with the idea of a Sabbath than what our heavily affected minds are by our worldview than what we think could be possible with a Sabbath. So in summary, a Sabbath is a gift. We don't earn it or deserve it. It is life-giving, which means that it refills, reproduces, refreshes energy, creativity, vision, and strength. And this one's a little bit longer than those two. It is unrushed and uncluttered time to help our heart find its home with our Heavenly Father as we delight in His presence and in His gifts. A couple of principles around Sabbath. Number one, we stop. For most of us, that's the hardest part. To, to cease to be productive. I, I, I felt challenged a couple of years ago where I felt like, like God was, was challenging me that in my time with him, I felt like he was wanting me to, to change the way I spend time and, and to change the goal, you know, what, what I'm trying to achieve in my time with him, etc. I felt like he challenged me to where, to where I need to change my expectation from it being productive to it being fruitful. Now, productive is, am I getting something out of it? Am I learning something? Am I, have, I, have, I, have I prayed through everything I need to? Have I ticked all the right boxes? And, and there's a place for that. That's, that's not wrong, but that's not all. And so I think it's possible that we can actually be fruitful without being productive. And so I do believe that on the Sabbath, he wants us to stop working, to stop worrying. So by the way, and again, this isn't legalistic. You might not get this right. I definitely did not get this right yesterday. But to even stop having negative conversations. Like, like, like if, you, if you can avoid it, try not to deal with challenges on that. Like, like is, can we trust God that we can pick it up again the next day if we need to? So we stop working, we stop worrying, and we stop wanting. And that was that whole thing of, of consuming. And, and again, to, for, for some of us, this idea of to not work, it takes faith. It does require trust. God, can I believe that somehow, even though there is no way in the natural that I can see you coming through for me, if I take a break today, that I'm, that, can I, God, can you help me trust you that it'll be okay? I, this happened to me a few months back where, where I was just, I was tired. I was, I was overriding boundaries and principles and I, was, and I was working longer than I should. And I was, I was actually getting irritable. I wasn't bearing fruit of the Spirit. I was bearing other fruit. And, but I had deadlines. It was a weekend. I, we had church all day the next day. Stuff to think through and prepare through. I had assignments due for my masters the following day. And, and I, you know when you just have that sense? Like, I mean, I've never heard the audible voice of God. But you know when you just know that God's saying, like, stop it. Actually, I felt like him saying, like, you can do it. And again, it's not necessarily going to be sin. I felt like he said, like, you can, you can do it. You can throw the day away. You can squander it. You can sit here and, and, and be physically present, mentally and emotionally absent. You can do that if you want to. 
I'm going to love you. I think God will say, I'm still going to love you, but you're going to be more dead for it tomorrow. So you can do that. And I just, I just knew that I had to trust God, which I've got to tell you in that moment was hard for me. Anyway, I landed up taking the, 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 the day. I went to Newlands Forest, landed up doing a, 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 just a beautiful long hike. I was amazingly refreshed in the trees, like paying attention to the leaves moving, you know, and listening to the birds. And, and especially once you got further up and you got away from the crowds. And I, I came back home that afternoon Sam lives next door to us. You still, I still bumped into Sam. I felt like I'd had a month-long holiday. And, and it was still challenging getting through that stuff. Needed, but, but, I, but I even had to change my thing of, okay, well, what if I don't get to do the assignments the way I want to for Monday? Was, would that be worth my soul? And I think God helped me anyway, and, and it was all fine. So yes, it does take faith. We stop from work, worry, wanting. Second, we rest. We rest if you need to sleep, you're allowed to sleep. Okay? If you need a nap, you nap. But we are resting our bodies, we're resting our soul, we're trying to rest our whole person, mentally and emotionally. We try and calm down and relax. And, and, and if you need to, you can like process the week. Spiritually, we, we rest in that we cease our striving, we cease from the work beneath the work, and we rest in God's love for us. Through abiding. Remember that word abide refers to abode, which means home. Like we find our home in God. Third, only four very easy principles. We stop, we rest, we delight. We delight. We pamper our souls with activities that spark joy, wonder, gratitude, and happiness. We we feast our senses in a good way. But you, you, like, you're allowed to eat your way through Sabbath. Although I've got to tell you that, I, that one book, which I found very helpful, the guy spoke about the how, how if we are gluttons the whole week, there's nothing special about a feast on a Sabbath. Of course, that didn't challenge me, but I hope that challenged you. <laughs> but our other senses, like I said, for me, the senses of sight, I, I love Beauty. It drives my, my, my family crazy. I love nature. I love seeing dusk, dawn, mountains, water. Like you're allowed to feast your senses. Slow down to pay attention to people that matter. Delight in them. This is a day where you don't have to give up. Like you don't have to minister on this day. You don't have to spend time with people that, please don't misunderstand me. There's six other days to spend time with people that are going to drain you. That's okay. Like, like, no, no, as Christians, you need to give out. As, like, there's a place for that kind of generosity. But I'm saying, you can't save the world every day. You're allowed to have one day where there's a healthy self-care. I think God says it. I think that's his intention behind Sabbath. There's so much more to say. Fourth is worship. So it's not just, it's not just veg out. There's also a place where I think God wants us to remember and to rejoice, to, to express gratitude, just to, even, if it, even if you just take a few moments and just as, you, as you're delighting. By the way, by the way, by the way, I think it can be a very spiritual thing to delight in your senses, to enjoy nature and, and be present with God. And like, wow, God. Like, you don't have to be, you don't have to be, prof- you don't have to be Shakespeare in wow with God, if you maketh the most beautiful earth. So, no, just wow, God. Like, you're mindful. 
and to express gratitude for, for so many different things. I think, I think if we can slow down enough, maybe we can even get to a place where we surrender our life to him afresh for the week ahead. Maybe you can slow down enough to actually hear God prompting something or, or encouraging you, preparing you for, for what is ahead. Allow for some time to just be with God and to be sensitive to him. Like you've got a whole day. Like you're, you're allowed. All right, practically, the worship team can come on up, but don't get distracted, anybody, please. I want to wrap this up. Practically, practically, practically. If you're anything like me, you need to know, okay, like how, 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 how do I make this stuff happen? Just a couple of principles. Practically, number one is you actually have to plan. So, so my biggest challenge is I would just kind of rock up and hope that somehow it would be good and life-giving, and it wasn't. It was terrible. And so I want to encourage you to be patient, by the way. Don't, like, this isn't going to be magical. This isn't going to, this isn't going to just be transformative. Or, uh, but, but I think the more you plan for it, like, like you would plan in many cases for Christmas, or you might plan, maybe Christmas doesn't represent good stuff to you, but maybe you plan for a birthday of someone who you want to, you know, bless, and, and where you want to enjoy a day, or maybe you don't like doing that for anyone else. Maybe you just enjoy your own birthday. I don't know. What, whatever the reference point is, you're going to plan, Okay. I, I strongly suggest, so people have asked me, like, can I just take an afternoon off or take a few hours off one evening? Again, you can, but I don't think that's what God had in mind. I think God had a 24-hour block, uninterrupted block in mind. So, so for some of you, that could be all day Sunday. If you, if you serve all day Sunday, then I don't want that to be your Sabbath. Then, then you probably need to make Saturday your Sabbath. Or if you, or, or if you have the flexibility during the week, make it, make it a Monday. Like I think of someone else who we have in the church who, who's a hairdresser, who works uh, kind of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then, and then still comes in the afternoon to prep stuff on a Saturday afternoon and then serves you on a Sunday. But she takes a Monday off. I'm saying you've got to see what works for you. The traditional Sabbath, traditionally, it was a Friday night sunset until Saturday sunset. In my case, because Sunday is very, very much a work day, that's what I'm trying to do. But So you might not do it from the night before. You might just, just do a whole Saturday or a whole Sunday. But make it a 24-hour block. Plan your do's and don'ts in advance. Don't figure out how much you're going to allow yourself to be interrupted with your phone when it happens. Plan in advance. Are we going to pack our phones away for the day? Are we going to disable WhatsApp or whatever notifications? If you, if you are a family and you have young kids, you definitely need to plan. And, and it's going to look different for you. And that's okay. Don't be frustrated. God knows where you're at in your season. But, but again, you might have to plan where maybe one spouse uh, gets to take a few hours to go and do something that's life-giving for them. And then you tag in and tag out and, and the next one goes to do something. And then, maybe, and then you do something together as a family. There, there's so many. Again, I can send you to books. There's so many different ways to approach this. Maybe even plan if you're going to socialize with people, which you're allowed to do, but I would say only if they're life-giving. This is one day where I'd say don't socialize with people that aren't life-giving. But if you're going to socialize, maybe you need to plan that in advance, etc. Again, lots of different ideas there, but plan and then prepare. So prepare for the Sabbath by doing your shopping in advance, your chores in advance. If you can help it, do your cooking in advance. Don't be legalistic about this, but try and have all that stuff done. You may need to have another day of the week or other moments in the week where you can do unpaid work. Third, I think I've said this almost every week in this series, start where you are, not where you want to be. I love that line in that song that, that Tammy pointed out, where God's with us in the middle. 
You know, so often we're discouraged because we're not where we want to be, but we're not where we were. And, and, and I think God really does meet us in the middle. Like, it's okay. Start where you are, not where you want to be. Look at your season of life. If you're a single young adult, it's very different to if you're a, a teenager that, that, is, that is trying to obey your parents at home. But you can have a life-giving conversation around this. But, but if they don't support you, like, guys, honor your parents. Okay, that's also in the Ten Commandments, just saying. And God honors honor, just so you know. Anyway, start where you are, not where you want to be. Take a look at your personality. What, what works for an introvert is going to be very different to what works for an extrovert. And chances are, if you're an extrovert, you're probably married to an introvert and vice versa. Don't judge each other. Try and give each other space to, to do what refreshes them. And just experiment. Just, just try stuff. Okay? Is it possible that God gives you permission to just try stuff? Is it possible that He delights in you trying and even failing a bit? Like a parent who's looking at a kid who's trying to learn to walk or ride a bike. Like you don't get mad at them. You're like, you want to take a photo. You want, you're posting it to all kinds of social media as though people care. Like, you, like, like, you, like you're excited. And lastly, pursue progress, not perfection. Pursue progress, not perfection. Try and fight the temptation to judge. Try to fight the temptation. If you're, going to leave, if you're going to leave the day guilty, you've missed the idea of Sabbath. It's not, it's not one more thing to make you feel bad about. It's life-giving. It's a process. Figure it out. Last scripture, Mark chapter 2, verse 27. This is now Jesus speaking in the New Testament. And then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of Sabbath. And what Jesus was, was trying, he was actually challenging a group of very legalistic religious leaders who were giving him a hard time because his disciples were, they thought that they were kind of overriding the Sabbath. And Jesus was saying to them, guys, you've, you've put so many rules, extra rules. So what happened with the religious leaders is they went to an extreme. So because they wanted to fence in the, the commandments that God gave. So there were 613 commandments in the Old Testament. They added another 1,500 commandments, another 1,500 rules to just try and make sure we don't break those rules. And so they almost became too distracted and obsessive and anal and pedantic with, with all those extra rules. And so that's why Jesus was saying to them, guys, 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 like the Sabbath was made for, for man, not man for the Sabbath. He was, he was trying to challenge them from, from taking this extreme to where we're so legalistic about it. And so I think modern day Christians see that verse and think, yeah, you see, we don't need the Sabbath. But we're missing the point. The context is that Jesus was saying, no, 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 you're going to an extreme with your legalism. We're in no danger of that. We are in danger of the complete opposite extreme. And I think that God wants to breathe new life into us. I think He wants to give us rest. I think He wants to give us breathing. Amen? Won't you stand with me, please? If you're wanting to get baptized this morning, this is your chance. We're going we're gonna to end up with a song. I want you to make your way out to the extreme right-hand side over there. As you go around the corner, Moffat and some others will be there to give you a bag of clothes, etc. And again, if you made that decision right now, you are welcome right now to go and get changed, get dressed. We're going to celebrate this new life with you. But before we end up with a song, let me pray for us. Father, I love this idea that the word blessing means in a sense, to breathe life, to, to reproduce, to, to be able to, to actually find new life. So God, I pray that you would bless 
every person this week. God, help us to find new life, new vision from you where necessary, new creativity where necessary. Lord, some of us are going into, into scenarios this week in leadership and at work and at school where, where we're needing innovation. God, we're needing answers that are not obvious. God, I pray for life in Jesus' name. Would you bless us with life, with creativity, with innovation. Lord, even as Tammy prayed earlier, where, where people might feel like they wish they could go back to the beginning of their marriage or some kind of other relationship or, or to the beginning of a business. God, I pray that, that we would release that and trust you for new life this week. Lord, we pray that you would bless us in our marriages, bless us in our relationships with family and friends. God, would you please bless us. I pray for life, life, and more life. In Jesus' name. God, would you help us please to see where you invite us to come aside, to draw aside, to stop, to rest, to delight, to worship. God, help us not just to be hearers, but to be doers. Help us to see how you want us to apply your principles of slowing, of simplicity, of solitude, and of actually worshiping you and enjoying you with a Sabbath. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, Amen.